0: This is Rob Temple for Boxing Social in association with Betfred. Delighted to be joined for the first time in 2021 by Eddie Hearn of Matchroom Boxing. How are you, Eddie?
1: I'm good, mate. I'm good. Sorry for the delay. Been traveling around everywhere and haven't had a chance to catch up with you. But you're looking sprightful as we head into this new year. Off to a cracking start, really, aren't we? Yeah,
0: Yeah, it's it's been an interesting start to the year. Mm. Um, But no, going back then, you know, it's been a while since we've caught up. But after 2020, I think you, of all people, deserved a little bit of a break. I hope you're nice and refreshed because, of course, we now are in 2021. And, of course, things are going to be fine from here on out. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Let's just talk a little bit about uh, the show that started the year uh, before we kick off and talk about other things. Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell. Um, Great fight on the zone. Great way Mm. to kick off the year.
1: Yeah, it was. I mean, disappointing uh, result, obviously, but kind of felt like there was a lot of hype for that fight. Um, not, definitely not a trade fight because of the, the profile of Ryan Garcia, but I think the trade really embraced that fight as well. And I think when you get a mixture of the trade embracing a fight and that casual audience coming in through Ryan Garcia, one, you get great numbers, but two, you get a lot of interest. But the reason the trade were interested because they knew it would be a good fight. It was an intriguing fight. And, and wasn't it just, I mean, you know, obviously the knockdown in the second round from Luke Campbell um, just took everyone to their feet. And I think probably, you know, um, uh, dropped some bumholes out in the arena at ringside from certain people. And, and, and big credit to Ryan Garcia. You know, he, he recovered well from the shot. He came back into the fight. It was a wonderful body shot that ended it. There's nothing that Luke can do uh, in that situation. Um, And I thought he passed the test. You know, I think in boxing, fans are so vocal, aren't they? That they're quick to say, this guy isn't the real deal or this guy's no good or this guy's so, but when they come through a test like that, you have to give them the credit and there's nothing you can do, but give Ryan Garcia credit for that victory. You know, he's not an Instagram boxer you know, he's not overhyped. He beat a world-class fighter in Luke Campbell, and, and uh, he deserves credit for that victory.
0: Now, uh, before we talk about the rest of the lightweights, just going back on that, Luke Campbell dropping Ryan Garcia in the second round. Um, how much do you think Ryan Garcia will learn from that? And how much credit does he and also Eddie Reynoso, his trainer, deserve for the work done in the corner and his ob- obviously coming back and winning by stoppage?
1: Well, I think, you know, when we saw the knockdown, I saw an interview with Luke and Luke's a very bright individual, knows exactly what he's doing in the ring. Uh, I wanted him to just jump all over him and just, I and mean, that's not really Luke's stuff. You know, Luke is a calculated, technical, you know, very intelligent fighter. And he knew that although the knockdown was really heavy, Ryan Garcia recovered quickly. He's a 22 year old kid who's extremely fit. You know, that helps in that situation. So Luke was looking for the spot, you know, now should he have jumped all over him again? you could get hit with something coming back. It's not really Luke's, Luke's style. So I actually think, and you know, I, I've got to spend some time with Eddie Reynoso recently, obviously, and, and not sounding to be a fanboy of, of him and Canelo Alvarez. He's an exceptional trainer. You know, what the work that he did in the corner when you watched that fight back was outstanding. I mean, especially when it was via a translator, but it was the emotion that he gives in the corner, you know, to, say, to keep calm. But then also, if you look at the fight, you know, rounds five, I think, and six, the aggression that Reynoso's and the passion that he's putting across, jump on him now. Don't let him breathe. Put the pressure on him. And and that's important in the corner. And look, they're two great cornermen on the night. But I think that Ryan Garcia could have really emotionally uh, um, sort of un, uh, uh, unwrapped there. You know, he could have... He'd never experienced that before. And that's when it's a blessing to have the experience and, 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 you know, someone like Reynoso in the corner. And I think he got him through the fight. I really did. I, I actually spoke to him um, after the fight, Reynoso, a couple of days after I said, I really believe that your corner work won in that fight because I don't believe that he would have got back in, in the mindset of the fight. He wouldn't have pressed Luke Campbell like he did without Reynoso calling that on. So well done to him. Well done to Ryan Garcia. Well done to Golden Boy. It was a big win for them. And, um, you know, we'll see where he goes in the future. Hopefully, the fight with Devin Haney, which, you know, he doesn't seem to want to talk about, but is going to be mandated by the WBC. That was a final eliminator for Devin Haney, whatever whatever anyone says. And, and we'll see if we can make that fight for April.
0: spoke to Devin a couple of days ago. Devin said that it's not so much he's given up hope on the fight. He said he never had any hope of the fight happening mm. anyway, despite the orders from the WBC. What do you think the most likely outcome is? Obviously, Devin... um Himself has Javier Fortuna as a mandatory. Um, Ryan Garcia was talking about Javante Davis. What do you think is going to happen?
1: Well, I know that from our side, you know, from the WBC side, from the zone side, what they'd like to happen, which is that that fight is ordered and that fight is made. Um I don't know. I mean, you can't criticize Ryan Garcia because he's swerving Devin Haney, he's calling out Tank Davis, but Something, I don't know, I, I just don't, Oscar De La Hoya, Robert Diaz, Eric Gomez, they know boxing and they know that was a big risk fighting Luke Campbell. And like I said, in the second round, I think they were probably thinking, oh my life, what's going on here? But they also know that uh, Ryan Garcia, he's not ready for tank. You know, there were a lot of unanswered questions about Devin hayne I believe Devin Haney could be the best 135 pounder in the world, but he has to prove it. And this is the frustrating thing for Devin is he wants, you know, don't forget, he went down the WBC route to fight Lomachenko to become his mandatory. And now we need that breakout fight. And I don't feel like that breakout fight is Javier Fortuna, who's a good fighter, but we need that breakout high profile fight. And we were so happy when Luke Campbell and Ryan Garcia got made because Devin Devin Haney's fighting the winner. I mean, obviously, I wanted Luke to win, but I particularly wanted Luke to win because I knew Luke would fight Devin Haney for the WBC world title. So, yeah, you know, when you look at Ryan Garcia against Javonta Davis, one's with the zone, one's with Fox or Showtime. You know, I, I can't be, you know, Javonta's not going to fight on the zone. Ryan Garcia contractually through Golden Boy can't box on Fox. So is that just to get people talking or... You know, is there something going? on? I know that from DeZone's point of view, does want to make Devin Haney against Ryan Garcia in April? That's that's the fight. That's the fight. But Devin, I spoke to him the other day, and I just said, you know, April, Ryan Garcia. That's what we're hoping for. No, no chance, no chance. I mean, obviously, they've got history um, from the amateurs. Maybe Devin just knows better than me, and maybe Ryan Garcia doesn't want to fight Devin Haney, but it's a wonderful fight and you know i saw espn uh, put something out about the four kings you know and likened them to duran and leonard and which was yeah, a little bit adventurous but they could be but but let's look at that era right sugar ray leonard marvin hagler tommy hearns uh, roberto duran they all boxed each other and numerous times and that's what we have to do so teofimo tank devin and Ryan Garcia, let's start making the fights. They, they can have trilogies. I mean, whatever, it doesn't matter, but they're all so young and, and they're all willing to take the risks and take the changes. So we've got to try and make that. And and I hope that, you know, Ryan and Golden Boy will say, okay, the Javonta Davis fight can't work at the moment. So we'll fight Devin. Do you know what I mean? But if they can't make, no one can moan if they make Ryan Garcia against Javonta Davis. But if they don't, they really should be fighting Devin Haynes. And we'll have to see what happens.
0: Devin also told me that he felt that because the Ryan Garcia fight wasn't going to happen, that he wanted to box Tiafimo Lopez next for all the belts. Would that be realistic just to clear up the, the kind of, let's call it what it is, the mess in the WBC 135-pound well, division?
1: Well, it's an incredible fight, you know, and going back to those four kings every one of them fighting each other is an incredible fight there is not one fight between those four that is not mouthwatering so you know i was winding up tfemo in in texas you know and said you're not undisputed because yeah, i know tfemo's just brought a t-shirt range out undisputed i think he should call out those back in you know and change the change the logo because i did say to him and, and this is my honest opinion he should be undisputed yeah you know, we shouldn't be in this position that we're in, but he is not undisputed because the other governing bodies do not recognise the franchise champion as someone that can unify. And you know, so the only way he can be undisputed by fact and on paper is to fight Devin Haney. He deserves to be undisputed. He beat the number one lightweight who used to be undisputed in in Vasiliy Lomachenko. So I think I think Teofimo Lopez against Haney is a wonderful fight. Listen, he asked me for $10 million for that fight. You know, we can't get there, but I'm sure we can make him a nice offer. But uh, Tia is a nightmare at the moment, you know, for Bob Aaron. I mean, like, and Bob's not mincing his words at the moment. He's had enough. So he's saying, I want this, 5 million minimum. I want eight, I want nine, I want 10. So right now I'll leave that to Bob and top rank, you know, to to put those numbers together because in this world right now it ain't gonna happen so but i'd rather focus on what we know can happen which is haney against garcia let's start this ball rolling of these wonderful four young fighters
0: okay before we get um get cracking and, and move on one thing i do want to discuss uh, particularly about the january the second card is the commentary on the uh, zone the broadcast on the zone came in for a lot of criticism on fight night i know you would have seen it just your response to that
1: i think that um it's good I think that's what the zone need. I mean, they're a new platform. They're learning all the time. They're evolving all the time. Um, I think one thing they probably didn't realize, which we all know, is that UK boxing fans are 462 times more vocal than US boxing fans, right? So if they don't like something, it blows up the internet, which is good. I mean, I love the passion of UK fight fans. And if they think that I've done something that's shit, they'll tell me. You know, I think the zone have got a good team. I think they're mixing it around. They're learning. Um, they've got a lot of work to do for their UK broadcast as well. Um, but given the feedback. I think Joe Markoski put a tweet yeah. out and said, look, guys, we welcome feedback. I mean, no one's hiding. You know, no one's going, oh my God, we get, someone didn't like them, someone didn't like them. You know, everybody's subjective. I actually think that Chris Mannix is a fantastic uh, broadcaster. Um, I just think, uh, you know, I had a bit of backwards and forwards with him about, you know, he loves Ryan Garcia, loves Ryan Garcia. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm messaging him going, why aren't you talking about Devin Haney fight? It's the mandatory fight, the zone won it. And and you're saying that this guy's the, the next coming of Muhammad Ali can fight anyone he wants his A-side against the entire pound for pound division. But that's because I was watching it as a fan, you know, and a promoter, but that's good. I think it's good. And I think DAZN's a new platform that's, that's learning all the time. I think its schedule of fights is unprecedented in America. And, and this new global app is fantastic. So embrace it, give your feedback, and I'm sure things will change.
0: Yeah, just to echo that, I mean, certainly from my perspective, I feel that zone are doing an awful lot of good things in the sport. The schedule, as you mentioned, is fantastic, not only just for 2021, but to end 2020. But the overall product, I think, deserves a better broadcast team, which, as you said, Joe Markovsky, been very, very humble, inviting the criticism or inviting the, the feedback. I think that's good for the sport. Moving on. UK boxing, Eddie. January the 1st it was going to be a new year and it was going to be this and it was going to be that January the 2nd no boxing and we're in full lockdown what can you tell me about your february schedule because everybody wants to know
1: well sort of the last few weeks i've been travelling around and looking at places we can go really because one thing we can't do is stop boxing and there's nothing i want more than boxing to return in the uk but if that's not possible we're off ski all right but I believe that this coming week, um, probably in the next 24, 48 hours, we will get some good news. And I, I believe that the board will allow boxing to come back in February, if that's clear by the doctors. Um, I, don't, I don't disagree with the decision for January. I think it is, you know, we have to look at the bigger picture right now. We, I, I know we, we work in boxing, we love the sport, but anything that's going to put any pressure on the NHS right now, or anything that's going to stop the necessary care required for a fighter, then it's a no-go. And I think what they really needed was just time. You know, Time to make sure we're okay. Time to make sure the NHS is not under extra pressure from having boxing events. Time to ensure that the, the critical care that may be required for a fighter is available. And I think they've done that. But we also can't ignore that, you know, the government have said that elite sport. Is okay to continue. So we have to continue. And I have a schedule of five fight nights that are all absolutely fantastic, that are pretty much ready to go. And you will get an, an announcement for that in the next 48 hours. And we're coming back with a fucking almighty bang, to be honest with you, and we're going for it. You know, we're not out of the woods. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be losing even more money because. We're now having to make these big fights that are with no gate again. But what else can you do? You know, I'm not prepared to just come back with something small, one show in February and sort of just wait. We have to come out firing. We have a plan and 2021 for us is the year that Matchroom dominate globally. So in that respect, in our key market, which is the UK, we have to come out firing. And when you see the schedule, um, early this week. You you will agree with that and hopefully that will come with the blessing of the British Boxing Board of Control in the next day or so.
0: Anything you can tell us on the schedule? I spoke to Neil Marsh. He said that obviously Kelly Avenisian was one of the fights that's that's going to be rescheduled. Uh, what can you tell us about those five fights coming up or five fight nights, should I say?
1: Um, I mean, we've got unified fights. We've got big heavyweight fights. We've got, of course, Kelly Avenisian, uh, We've got another world title fight. Uh, we've got loads of women world championship fights. I mean, it's just really, really good at... It's kind of like I've, I've, I've looked at these five fights, almost like a fight camp scenario. Mm. I, I, really, I really loved fight camp for many reasons, but for the reason of we got to plan these weeks, you know, we'll, we'll be announcing from February the 13th through to April the 10th, and it won't be every week, but it will be virtually every week. But it will give me the chance to sort of say, okay, seven fights, seven fights, seven fights. Who are we putting on where? Everybody's phoning right now saying, when am I fighting? When's my slot? Good news, you're about to find out. So I want to go back to those fights where I felt like every fight had to be interesting and competitive in fight camp. And I want to try and do that and plan that. And, and that's one of the greatest parts of the job, really, is the matchmaking and, and looking at the fights, people stepping up, people taking chances. Um, I mean, Kelly Avanesian is probably, out of everything that's coming up, He's probably the fight I'm looking forward to the most to be honest with you, and, the, and when you see the fights that we'll announce, there's a lot of them, and that fight for me is just a wonderful fight, because that's the night you find out, you know, the night you find out about Josh Kelly, and I love those nights, especially for young kids that we've brought through, you know, so um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a brilliant schedule, and sort of Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at the latest, you'll you'll get to see it.
0: Just final quick one on those, Eddie, because I understand, obviously, that that you're going to be making announcements for the two significant fights that people are going to want to know about. Josh Warrington versus Kanzu, Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin 2, or Alexander Povetkin versus Dillian White 2, should I say. What can you tell me about those two fights?
1: So the the first one, Josh Warrington, um, the only issue we've got with that is surrounding the WBA title because, obviously, Leo Santa Cruz boxed for about 17 WBA belts and he'll never fight at 126 again in in my opinion but in boxing people want to stop your progress and get in the way and apparently he will be fighting at 126 so it's just getting the, the WBA position because I want Josh Warrington to become WBA super champion if he takes that fight. That fight with no crowd is, is a complete 50-50 fight. It's such a tough fight that I want Josh Warrington to get the rewards of that fight. Now, the good news is, I believe the Ring magazine belt, subject to final confirmation, would be on the line for that fight. And that's something that Josh wants to win really badly as well. So, um, we're we're closing in on uh, Warrington-Kanzu. I think the next 24 hours is critical on that fight. Um, I believe we will see it, but he will be boxing February the 13th. You know, he will be the guy that kicks off this schedule. Um, And we hope it's against Kanzu, because I think it will be a fight of the year. I really do. Both guys never take a backward step. Both guys throw about a million punches around. And I think it'll be absolutely brutal.
0: And Alexander Povek and White too?
1: Yes. Yeah. That'll be announced within the schedule as well. Basically, I'm telling you the whole schedule before it's all been announced, which is what I always do. And I come off these interviews and everyone goes, Fucking hell, it you just basically announced the schedule when we're supposed to be doing it on Tuesday. So I'm not saying anymore.
0: <laughs> okay, no problem. Um, moving on, Eddie. Final quick few before I let you go. Canelo Alvarez, what's going on with Canelo? We've seen you and Canelo. We've seen you and Eddie Reynoso. I've seen some rumours about Canelo possibly boxing Avni Yildirim on Fox and then going on to box Caleb Plant. I've also seen rumours about him boxing Yildirim on zone and going on to box Billy Joe Saunders. What can you tell me about those two?
1: Um, I think all scenarios are in play. Um, obviously, I'm trying to land the Billy Joe Saunders fight. For, for Billy Joe Saunders. Um, I think you're right in what you said. I think he's got offers to fight Yildirim, um and Plant on Fox. And we would like him to fight uh, Yildirim, um and then go on and fight Billy Joe Saunders after that. That's the fight that I want to deliver. It's the biggest fight in boxing. So I'm working my nuts off trying to do that. If Billy doesn't get that fight, he'll fight uh, Demetrius Andrade in America around the same time. Um so he's he's sitting in a good position right now. But of course, that's the fight. That's the fight that turns you into a superstar. That's the fight I think Billy's always wanted. So um I, you know, have had a good relationship with Canelo and, and Eddie Reynoso through the uh, promotion of the Callum Smith fight. They seem to enjoy working with me, which is um humbling. And you know, I think wherever they end up or whatever fights they take, I think, you know, hopefully I'll be involved. And that's the beauty of him being a free agent. You know, if we did the Yieldry and Billy Joe Saunders fight, would they go on DAZN? Would we do, you know, fight by fight deal for that? Um, Or would we take it to another broadcast? You know, he is a free agent. He's not aligned to a specific broadcaster. But obviously, through the success of the event on DAZN last time, they would love to bring him back and we'll see what happens over the next few days.
0: What about Triple G and Jaime Mungia, Eddie? That's another fight that's been rumoured.
1: Yeah, that's a great fight. I mean, for me, you know, if if Billy Joe fights Canelo, I believe Demetrius Andrade should fight um, Gennady Golovkin. You know, that's a unification fight at middleweight. I think it's an intriguing matchup. We know that Demetrius Andrade is is searching for that big fight uh, time and time again. If he doesn't get that fight, he has to fight Liam Williams. You know, and, and that's a good fight, by the way. I think we've had this conversation before. Unfortunately... Everyone in America is desperate for Demetrius Andre to have fight a major name. And when you mention Liam Williams, they go, oh, that's rubbish. And we know it's not. That's a good fight. Liam Williams is a good fighter. Um, so, but if, if he can't land a major fight, he will have to fight Liam Williams. And that will probably happen sort of February, March time.
0: Moving on to the heavyweights. Eddie, what is the latest with the heavyweight scene? We've seen reports coming about Joshua Fury could go to Singapore. It could go to the Middle East. Uh, where are we with, with negotiations? Where are you and Bob Arum and, and how is that progressing? It's progressing well.
1: I mean, probably you know, a dozen conversations over the last couple of weeks. Uh, we are at the stage of drafting agreements now. We know that we've always agreed the terms for that fight, which is two fights. And we know the splits. Um, Part of where I've been the last couple of weeks is going around, like I said, trying to find out where we can stage major events. If we're going to be doing that fight at the end of May, early June, which we will be, can you tell me that we can do 100,000 at Wembley? Probably not. So where we'll put the money up for that fight? Um, and that's really you know what I've been doing. and And Bob's obviously looking at his partners as well, but I don't see anything getting in the way of that fight. You know, Josh has been training since the Pule fight, to be honest with you, and I think Tyson's been doing the same. In their heads, every day they wake up, they're thinking about each other, and they're thinking that's my next fight. And and you know, barring a disaster, it will be.
0: What's the situation with Alexander Usik? He's now out of contract with Matrim, is that right?
1: Mm, yeah. So, well, unless we deliver the uh, AJ fight, so it's you know, I think that it's um, it's a situation where. People just, Some people just, uh, and this isn't really a dig at any of his team or anything, but some people just have the idea that he should be getting millions of dollars to step aside for this fight. Really, what will happen is we will apply to the WBA for the undisputed fight. Okay? Um, and if they say, no, you need to talk to Alexander Usyk, we will go to Alexander Usyk and we will try and make him happy to allow that fight to go on. The problem is, it's a bit like, um, who, was it who, who was it who stepped aside for an undisputed fight recently? It was Jack Catcher, but there was another one as well. Yeah, but there was someone else as well. And they basically said, look, I'm like, don't get me wrong, Jack Catcher got a few quid. So, you know, he was, and he got a fight, but it's like, do you really want to stop this fight from happening? Now you have to be respected because you're in a mandatory position. But there is a solution. And as I've said before, this fight between Fury and AJ will happen with all the belts or not one belt at all. But the problem is, Rob, is that when there's a big fight like that, everyone, it's almost like, got to get my wording right here, but...
0: Everyone wants their own piece of the
1: pie. And the greed's unbelievable, you know? So... And it's going to come down to the fighters. You know, the fighters are paying millions of dollars in sanction fees. You know I heard someone say Usyk wants a percentage of AJ and Fury's purse to step aside, I was like, mate. But there is a solution. And if everyone's smart together, we can find a solution. And I really want it to be undisputed because that's always been the dream for AJ. And we'll do everything we can, but we're not going to be held to ransom by anyone. And if we lose one belt, we'd probably vacate them all, you know, and just say, well, this is, this is, this is boxing now, you know? Um, but if everyone's sensible and will be fair in return, hopefully we can find a solution.
0: Is the Wilder Fury trilogy any way going to impact on the potential for the AJ Fury fight?
1: I, I don't believe so. I mean, I think the mediation is sort of wrapping up now, but Bob, Bob Aram's very confident they have no position at all. Um and it certainly wouldn't impact the first fight. But as you know, we've agreed a two-fight deal, and that's sort of paramount. Um So I don't see that being an issue, and obviously it's an issue for their side, not ours.
0: Final one on AJ Fury. What percentage of certainty are you that we see that fight this year? 90%. Okay, Uh Eddie. Final thing: Amir Khan and Kel Brook. We're back in 2010 again. <laughs> 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 They've been talking about that. 2010. I was it too? Well, probably no. Probably. probably late there. 2014.
1: Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> What's going on with that, Eddie? Is that st- is that is I'm that still saying, something that not. you'd be interested was, in getting involved in? So he sent. I saw
1: an interview where he said, um "Yeah, I'd like to." Knock out Kell Brook, blah, blah, blah. Oh, shit. And I said, um, I just read it. And I thought, <laughs> I can't believe I'm seeing this now. And then I just messaged them here. And I said, what's up, mate? What are you doing? You know, he said, let's get together. When I get back, I think was in Dubai or something. And I said, let's get together. And he was like, yeah. I said, do you, do you want to fight? You know, he says, who are you thinking? I said, Kell Brook. You know, and he went, yeah. I said, what about April? End of April. And he said, I think July might be better, blah, 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 blah. But I don't know. The problem is, Rob, is that they, they wouldn't do that fight when there was an absolute fortune on the table. And now, still a big fight, but it's only 40% of where it once was. So are they going to take much less money to do it now when they've already turned down offers? Like, you know, it's like, going to go back to them and say, okay, well, now you'll get this. Well, bloody hell. Oh, I remember you offered me that. Yeah, mate, that was when we could have done a million buys. So I think that it's still a good fight and I think it's still an intriguing fight. And I think it's one of those fights where people might say, no, I'm not interested in that anymore. And then you make the fight and then you, you run the press conferences and then by the time it comes around, everyone's um, dripping. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to see. I, I would like to see it because it would just be nice to just say, fucking hell, I've finally done it. Um, but I've learned not to keep my hopes up too much on that one.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, any... Always a pleasure catching up. Uh, As is now customary, or the last interview I did it, so I'm going to carry on. It's going to be on a New Year's resolution. I want you to send a message to somebody at the end of this interview. Now, he had something interesting to say about you this week. Mr. Ryan Garcia told you to wipe your eyes and stop crying. Now, what Mm. message have you got for King Rye ahead of a potential bout with Devin Haney or a potential fight with Javante Davis?
1: No, I like like Ryan Garcia. I'm a big fan. Um, He has turned into a little bit of a philosopher and politician since his victory uh, over Luke Campbell. It's quite amazing, isn't it? You know, um, <laughs> but I just hope he does what he should do, which is, you know, fight the guy he's ordered to fight, fight for the WBC world title, fight in the fight that his network want him to fight in. Um, but no, I, I mean, I, I did see his tweet telling me, uh-oh, Eddie's crying or something. I'm not crying, I just want you to fight Devin Hanley. So congratulations on your victory. You are fantastic for the sport. Um, and we'll see how you get on against Devin Haney because he's going to be called very soon
0: Okay, Eddie Hearn, always a pleasure thanks very much speaking to Boxing Social Happy New Year and I'll catch up with you soon